0: Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Good evening listenership and welcome to um, one of the increasingly rare but all the more precious for that episodes of of Dyson Rob. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Rob Wickings and with me as always is uh, Media Mogul <laughs> um, <laughs> evil mastermind.
1: Uh, but generally, all-round good chap, Mr. Rob Maythorne. I- I'd say lawful evil rather than chaotic evil, but fair enough. Uh, yes, hello, <laughs> I am the other Rob of the Of Dice and Rob's podcast, and uh, yeah, it's Christmas time. Everyone's in the, the jovial Christmas spirit, and we thought um, oh, oh, oh. we should break out a episode of, of Dice and Rob's as a Christmas gift to you. My intention, folks, is to drop this episode on Christmas Day. My God, that's brave. But we shall see how that goes. You may get this in the new year, and we will deal with that when it happens. But uh, I shall indeed. I'll edit this bit out if that is the case. But
0: <laughs> the goal. Oh. No, I, I, I love the ambition there. I have to say that the, the whole idea of dropping something on Christmas Day and then assuming people will listen to it is fantastic.
1: But... Well, people get new phones, people get new tablets. You know, the, 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 what would they do with their new phones if not install a podcast player and download this episode? That's that's day one, Absolutely. job one, surely. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I agree with
0: that. Yeah, use us as a test bed. Exactly. Use us. Use us to test you. Your- you, 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 you use, use us, yeah, our shonky sub pro
1: am quality yes. as, as, a, as a test bed for your new material. Yes, yeah, so the, the ramblings are too increasingly uh, elderly, <laughs> tired men. That's <laughs> so how we should be testing it. <laughs>
0: Oh yes, you can tell we're coming up for the season, can't you? Increasingly tired and weary. We we both have birthdays in December as well, yes. which which always yeah, that that brings on that the um the thoughts of mortality
1: and the memento moris come come rolling around. Yes, there. I'm I'm approaching forty. Um which <clears throat> whilst I'm I'm not overly precious of my age, feels like a momentous mm. one. It kind of does, actually. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, you know, I'm I'm well past mm. that particular um, milestone, but yeah, um, forty did hit me quite hard. Actually, It was a very strange experience. It's- Fifty by by the, by the other metric was, was 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 I almost pretty
1: much ignored, just swung past yeah. that. But weirdly, it's freaking my parents out more. I'll bet. I, I I'll bet. Yeah, but it does mean that uh, at that point we will have been friends for seventeen years. Holy crapperoni! That's amazing. I love that. I was twenty three. No, yeah, oh, you. I was twenty three when man. God, you, you really were a youngling. Yeah, it was literally. I left university. Um, yeah, I worked for six months in a video store. Okay. Um, and then I got a job at, St. at the now defunct and closed Saint Anne's Post, oh. and I was a runner for two months, and then I was seconded down to St. Images to work in accounts because i was good at numbers um mm-hmm. and it was the bizarrest job of my life in many ways because it was so unbelievably quiet at times and then so mm-hmm. incredibly busy yeah i had a computer uh this was this for you, know, for you youngers out there this was before social media so this would have been what yeah 2005 six somewhere there six yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah that's facebook right. had just started um, YouTube had just before some media, so I had a computer that had the internet, had no USB slots that worked, had no CDs like that, and nothing to do in my job. So I would just read Wikipedia. I just read the long convoluted histories of cartoon characters that I loved and Marvel superheroes. And I just read and read and read and occasionally dealt with the work that came in. When it was busy, we worked hard, but mm-hmm. Because nature of what I was doing there it was kind of it was stop-start in many ways, and that is where I met my my long-time creative collaborator Rob Wickings. He was a uh, high-flying, high-falutin' colorist. <laughs> um, I, I was
0: neither. Well, <laughs> I, I was I was a colourist, but high-flying and high-falutin'—absolutely not. But yeah, um, jobbing color artist, I'd say. You know, mm. I was a, I was a, a pixel slinger.
1: Yes, yes, but it was it was. It was one of those things. It was, I looked back at something. We were in the pub most days of lunchtime and after at regularly. True. Um, true, true. The Crown and Two Chairman was our, our haunt in Hi, if anyone knows the area. Mm. Uh, or the Crown and Two, as it was simply known to most of us. Um, and yeah, it, it was, for me, as a sort of a, a wide eyed, fresh film graduate, it was very much like the bright lights of cities um, staring in the face of actually working with film you know having done digital university working on mini dv and never really dealing with film as a as a tangible thing it was like here's the deep end of a film lab. and you know rolls yeah. and rolls of film and working with you know we're doing cleaning working with the old Steinbecks and all that sort of stuff and you know, loading things onto the scanner oh. and it was just like this this is a world i don't understand at all but it was brilliant
0: i mean i'm i'm, I'm still in that area now mm. bizarrely enough I'm still one of the few people in the country if not the planet that I, that is handling 16 and 35 millimetre motion picture film on a daily basis which you know it, it's one of the more unusual jobs out there and I'm, I'm strangely grateful to still have that position
1: I guess I am wistfully jealous of that in many ways Oh, don't be don't be <laughs> It's hard yards more than you think. I, I I certainly I can believe that entirely. Um Shall we get down to business? Shall we shall we roll some dice and see where we are? Let's do it. Okay, so um let's just remind people of the concept because it has been a little
0: while since we did this before. Um Rob is handling some many, many face dice and he'll be rolling a number between one and twenty-five. We have pre-written out uh twenty-five Conversation starters. So, the idea is that the dice will choose what we talk about for the next however long it takes us to run out of steam.
1: So, Rob, roll them bones. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Everyone hear this? Put them by the mics, so you can hear me. We have number 11. Number 11. Tattoos.
0: Ah! Yeah. This could be interesting because um one of the two of us has significantly more of said items than the other,
1: I would well, say. Well I don't I, I have one to two. Do you? Right. I have one to two. Um, I don't know where you stand. I, I don't I feel like I can believe you've got either I can see you be like, I've got a complete bodysuit under my shirt. <laughs> um, or here's my ill advised one from when I was seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> um it's a well, I, I genuinely thought you had more tattoos than that. It's one of those things. It's My upbringing was a very traditional Christian upbringing in many ways. Um, yeah. And my mum, particularly, is ex-military kid. Um, right. I was very much raised in a world of you don't have tattoos. polite politely, I didn't have them. And I was raised in that world. right? Um, and so I didn't have one. And then... I think my long story that I would gloss over my brother passed away when I was about 18 mm-hmm. and after that I always wanted to get something to remember him by I wanted to get something done and my best friend uh, Laura had lost her dad uh, when she was a teenager as well and so we both were always like you know what when we get our two done we should do them together I'll get them together we'll get it done and I was like yes brilliant I'm ready and she's like I'm not <laughs> I'm like Okay. <laughs> um, thanks. And so, thanks for that. Uh, but no, that's fair enough. She, she was going through medical school and doing a lot of things. So we kind of hung around on that for a couple of years. And then probably about when I got to know you, so just just after my university, um, mm. I may have had it prior to that, but I got a, a bright blue ammonite to do to my shoulder. Um, my brother was a paleontologist. Mm-hmm. Um and he was a paleo artist, so he used to draw um, a lot of illustrations and that sort of thing. this is one of his drawings of an ammonite that he drew right um and I had it more coloured, and she had um some Japanese scripts I think done on her back um for it and so we waited for a long time for that and then I got a job that's been traveling around the world for a long time, and I was just never anywhere long enough to get twos do done. And well. then life got in the way and I bought a house and had a kid and the money that would be spent on tattoos just never happened. Hmm. That being said, I have got a plan for 2020. I've got a friend of mine who I'm sure I've mentioned previously, Arthur, who mm-hmm. Rob's mm-hmm. met, Yeah, um, who is a working tattooist in Cardiff. Uh, he's a very good tattooist. He works at MoCo Tattoo in, in Cardiff. And he has always said that he would do me a tattoo and I've finally sort of got my head around what I want um and I've got a plan with him to come and do it next year Marvelous. so I will have more but currently it is just the one that's that I mean that fascinates me because I mean you come from that whole
0: sort of kind Mm. of punky rock and rolly kind of kind of subculture that just cakes the body in ink
1: so I I I have many many friends who are head to toe and I, I did everything else. I mean, When when we met, I had a probably an eyebrow piercing and yes. a scaffold in my ear, I think. Yeah, I remember um, that, yeah. I've had mohawks and purple hair and green hair. and I've done all, every, every sort of accoutrement and fashion style that comes with the punk world. I've totally embraced it over the years. But yeah. The tattoos, there's one that just – I think because they were just so expensive. Yeah. So many. And I always just, you know, never had the money for them. And you know, as a jobbing runner, when yeah, 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 with make that stuff, mm. and it just never really happened. Wow. Well,
0: okay. So there we go. What about you, Rob? I, I, I too just have the one. Mine is not particularly artistic. Well, uh, what but, but kind of isn't it? Kind of isn't it's basically um, a little kind of engram, if you like, a little kind of calligraphic sign that mm-hmm. incorporates. The backwards letter R moving into a forwards letter C. And that was the, the, the thing that the, the, the I'm, I'm going to call it an engram for one of a, a, of a better, mm-hmm. a sigil, I guess you might call it. But it's basically I like that.
1: Mag- magical that that implies. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It, it was a it was a sigil that I, I devised and designed for myself and my lovely wife, Claire, when we got married. Mm so it was it was kind of, it was kind of the design element that went through uh all the invites and um for the for the wedding and all all the stationery that that came with it and so on and so forth and i kind of thought well th- this needs to be more permanent mm. so finally bit the bullet and went toddling along to a, a really kind of rough and ready sort of um basic tattoo studio um off the forest road in walthamstow when we lived in walthamstow um, in east london mm. and it was a simple not even black and white but it was basically a black box with the the CR kind of outlined within it mm. and it was done fast and dirty and it's it's not particularly lasted that well it does look a bit rough and it looks a bit scribbly but you know if if it ever came down to Claire having to identify my corpse for whatever <laughs> reason that's what you want from her to do <laughs> yeah exactly she she would know to to sort of say look on his left shoulder is there a slightly shonky looking tattoo that 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 looks like it might be either a gang sign mm. or, or some sort of sign of a secret religious society or something like that and, and that's my, that's, that's my tap. Nice. I, I, I want more. I do yes. want more. I have to say, um, for the longest time, I've suffered quite badly with, um, a chronic, what is now known to be a neurological disease, but at the time it, when I was around was, was, was considered to be just a skin disease called psoriasis. Um, as of January, this year, um, mm-hmm. I've finally been on medication that's put that massively under control to the point where I've kind of rediscovered my own skin. Nice. Uh, and I am thinking quite seriously now about getting another tattoo, at least one. I don't know what it'll be yet. I don't know if I want to go down that whole sort of middle-aged sort of thing where you suddenly sort of end up with a huge sleeve with like, you know, octopuses and, and sort of <laughs> screaming skulls and all that kind of thing and all of a sudden you've got tattoos on your knuckles and things like that but yeah I do want at the very least I'd like to get the um the religious sigil on on, on my uh left shoulder sharpened up maybe mm-hmm. sort, of, sort of brightened up but I, I i there's definitely room for more
1: yes that's good well, yeah I think you wrote a blog post about um all of that earlier this year didn't you I did, yes, yeah. Yeah, that was a, a very, very good one. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. It's like uh, in many ways, like it feels. It's like it's the anticipation, the planning of the tattoo is something I really enjoy, mm. and and I enjoy that kind of like you know, oh, it's forever, and like that kind of as a the tension comes from like making it right and personal and mean something, but not like, you've got to be there forever. Like you know, the one I have is my, for my my brother, so he isn't going to suddenly not be dead yeah you know he's never stopped being the same with you know you and Claire that's 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 that's, that yeah exactly it was supposed it's always supposed to be a meaningful
0: thing the the one thing Mm. the the mindset I've never quite understood is the sort of person that will stumble into a tattoo shop half cut on a Friday night and go oh I'll have Mm. that Japanese thing whatever that means it means power
1: or spirit or
0: yeah when in fact it means egg fried rice or something like that yes So, you know, there's no point in doing it if it's not directly and massively meaningful to you, in my mind. That's not to say that, you know, if you don't get yourself covered in tattoos, that doesn't mean that every single tattoo doesn't necessarily have a story or a meaning or something massively relevant to you. But I get the feeling that there's a lot of tattoo culture these days that, that that's kind of moved away from the personal into it being more of a fashion statement.
1: Yeah, I, I would certainly agree. I think that, I mean, it's that weird sort of dichotomy of like having high celebrity people high sort of renowned people with tattoos, you know, like, even like the sort of Beckham's who is, you know, has lots of tattoos. Yeah. It, a, it makes it far more accessible. You know, like even in my working life I've seen tattoos being in people hide or a people just like, like, our head of HR has a forearm tattoo and mm. that's brilliant that's great yeah. but it do, I do think it has that sort of thing of it, once it goes from the underground to sort of the mainstream it establishes fashions of tattoos yeah and I see a lot of black and white rosary beads that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that Beckham's have and that those people have oh, are a lot of people who I think well, you know, I don't think rosary beads you are know, not religious you know <laughs> why have mm-hmm. you rosary beads? and that kind of thing I think it becomes this fashion in that kind of way you have seasons of fashion. Yeah. And the idea that things come and go as you do with clothes and, you know, fashions and styles change over time. And there's always going to be that with tattoos. In that there are certain things that are popular. I remember in the nineties, a lot about flame people's arms and that stuff and that kind mm-hmm. of, Yeah, there were certainly movements that came and went, but now it feels much more like a dominant style cultural style of tattoos that I I wasn't aware of 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. 10 years ago. It's
0: certainly becoming so, you know, it's becoming so prevalent now that, that I mean, uh, you wander down the streets of Soho, for example, and I think you'll see more people with tattoos than people without. Mm. So you've definitely got that sense of a kind of, it being a, a, a you know, a fashion statement,
1: I guess. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I live up in Shropshire, mm. and so we are quite rural. Yeah. And we are, I often say we're sort of five ten years behind everywhere else. <laughs> um, and it is like it's like a sleepy middle England kind of place that we live. But there are two shops in every little town around here. Mm. Everyone's got a tattoo shop. You know, little place like Shiffner, which are, you know, it's literally a two-street two town has a tattoo shop. Mm. And it, they are everywhere. Even, I, mean, I, feel, I feel like Soho is so skewed towards at least be say towards that kind of alternative scene creative industries yeah. that you've got a big spike but even up here now but when the young people they've all got something somewhere they've all got even it's it's not that kind of big thing that it was to oppose even our generation like, I look at my school friends and I think of the five of us who are like, good friends from school I am the only woman to choose. really yeah, I mean, of, yeah, of my school friends, the five who are still like close and friends together, mm. none of them have tattoos. <laughs> and I can count my friends with tattoos from my generation who aren't from the punk culture. From the you move into my sort of my alternative culture friends, then it, like, it massively wraps up, obviously. Sure, but for my my mainstream friends, it's a lot smaller. Whereas now, everyone, everyone in their dog has one. Yeah, absolutely, um, and yeah. it's very yeah.
0: I think the thing that strikes me more now is the fact that it, it, it's not just tattoos. It's tattoos in places where it would have been absolutely ta- taboo. Um, mm. not that long ago, you know, like hand tattoos appearing mm. and facial tattoos. Whereas yeah. that, that, that would, that would have been kind of a statement of intent of I'm never going to have a straightforward mainstream nine to five job because I've got mm. love and hate tattooed on my knuckles. That's, that's, that's changed now. You know, but yeah, but you get people with with like huge kind of stars and and like flames and things on the, on the on the back of their hands,
1: and it's just mm-hmm. it's it's not a big deal anymore. We've my well, We've recently hired a new director of finance, right? Um, and he's a very very talented, very competent uh, uh, accountant. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't we had like a dress down Friday, and he rocked up in short sleeves, and he's got a pin up girl tattooed his arm. Wow. And he made no effort or interest in kind of, it wasn't like, it wasn't wearing you know, sleeveless tops, but you can certainly see it there. Mm. And it's great. And I think in many ways, like, it's just a different world. It's a different kind of atmosphere these days. And I think personally, it's a good thing. Oh, um, yeah. But you say, I, I remember Arthur saying, you know, he wouldn't tattoo anyone's face or hands unless they were mm-hmm. already heavily tattooed. Right. I remember, and that has changed. So people often go into like, like a neck tattoo quite early on. Um, and it's a it's a very different sort of thing.
0: Yeah, um, I mean tattoos on the fingers became quite, quite not necessarily mainstream, but reasonably common in the culture quite quickly. I, I guess you know is it, you could always sort of do like the ring finger on your left hand as a, as a kind of super permanent or sort of wedding statement. But yeah, now it it does seem to be everywhere, and you're also getting these these these, these interest just tiny little bits and bobs like these little tiny like bits of bling that pop up Mm. on 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 hands or or on wrists
1: and things like that little dots and things
0: yeah yeah exactly that are kind of just you know they they have their own particular meaning don't they
1: Mm. i think it's it's yes it's a very much a changing thing and you know i look at my parents generation my nan's generation where it was it was very much a the kind of person with tattoos was a very particular kind of person Mm. And that has wildly changed.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, moving of moving on from it being like a military thing or a, dare mm. yeah. I say it, a criminal thing, it's yeah. it's everywhere now. I mean, it, it, it makes us it sound like a pair of proper old geezers, sort of talking well, about about it like this. But yeah,
1: yeah I, I remember at university, me and my friend Matt, I got my my um, my big ear piercing done. In, yeah. which is both like a, a big scaffold to. Twice two meters, so through the front and back of meter in one big bar, yeah. And he got a 4 arm to two done. I remember sitting in the pub afterwards and being like, "We like this this was our in our statement that we'd never have a normal job, yeah. You know, he's he. You know, we're, we're punks. We are okay. never going to have a normal job. This is us, you know, laying that on the line. Yeah. And he is now a university lecturer um, <laughs> and a very very good one. And you know, I work for a national governing body in data analysis. Like we we are. I mean me particularly I, I am a corporate machine um and he is simply not he, he does interesting and unusual academia stuff but he's still an academic and like it's you think, like, the neither of these things have stopped us doing our lives yeah exactly and, and, you know, it's it, it's it's
0: fascinating and at the same time it's slightly amusing and at the same time it it's just it just goes to show how how rapidly um society can change its opinion on something and, and it doesn't take much of a tipping point for that to happen and then all of a sudden it goes from no one has this
1: to everyone has this mm-hmm. i think it's one thing that i suppose we talking about, about getting older but uh those know i i have a, a toddler daughter currently mm. and having that Having a, a child of that age, you end up with this weird sort of view of history and the future. Where I think a lot about the next 10 years, next 15 years of her life. In 15 years' time, she's going to be 18. Yeah. I think about that a lot. I think about what's happened in the last 15 years social media, mobile phones, all of that. The, the, the world has changed beyond recognition in the last 15 years. Mm. And what that can be like for her. And I think about. The kind of parent I'm going to be and like dealing with, like I think about me as a teenager. I think, God, I hope he's better than me. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is, I'm like, in what world do I have a leg to stand on? Or in what world do I understand what I'm going to say to her? Like, if she said to me, Dad, I want to get my hands tattooed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, A, I've not got a leg to stand on really because, you know, I have tattoos, I have piercings, and, you know, I've lived the life I've lived. But also, to me, getting your hands tattooed is a really big thing. Yeah, that's a really big statement. But at that point, I'm becoming my parents and being like, well, what, about, what, "What about your job?" Mm. And as, you, as we say, doesn't matter these days. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like it's that kind of you really because like not becoming your parents, but I like I am becoming a parent, and look, you often look at Europe bringing in you kind of take what you want from there and grab new bits and that kind of stuff. And you end up comparing you as a parent to your parents' parent. Mm. And it's just—it's just like, not that I don't want my parents. My parents are great; they, they are loving, kind parents. But where we clashed, I'm just like, I don't want to do that. And like, when, when, when my daughter asked for like you know cake for breakfast, which, and you kind of like, I just like, you kind of like, part of me is like, of course, like, I always want to keep. I always want to keep breakfast. And I was like, oh, I can't have it. I don't keep breakfast, you know. But now you're a parent, you're like. No, 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 have, have a banana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they like, can't have cake become, breakfast. they and just like, why not? And I said, well, why not? Because I said so. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and then you get your moment, you're like, oh no, this is who I've become. You know, the anti establishment punk is now like, well, that's just how society works, Matilda.
0: Yeah, afraid so,
1: kiddo. And you're like, oh, when did this happen? <laughs> when did it become who I am? But it is, because like, you want the best for them in the world, you want to prepare them grow them into someone who stands up for themselves. But he also, they want to burn their chances down. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. It's parenting.
0: Parenting. I mean, I mean, I, but I'm not a parent I've, I've I, I don't have a, a, a single print or bone in my body, but wow. i you know, I, 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 part of that. I think it's just because I totally understand the challenges mm. that are, that are, part and parcel of that every single day um we uh, me and Rob were supposed to be recording this a couple of days ago and Rob had to bail because of um M- M- uh, Matilda deciding that she didn't really want to go to bed when it was bedtime happens 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 but yeah I mean that that, that sort of thing is is I don't get that no being being the proud parent of a cat I don't get that at all. <laughs> not as not is I don't understand it is that, is that it never happens. So you know, if if Millie has a tantrum, I'm I'm completely within my rights to stuff her out through the cat flap. I don't imagine Rob that you could do that
1: with Batilda without a social services coming. No, I feel that would be, be go badly very quickly. Um, yeah, sometimes it wasn't. Yeah, it just seems like I look at your life like yeah, it seems you know that's. Uh, it seems easier, certainly. <laughs> yeah, so it's got. Ups- oh, so 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 this is what happened. Okay, that's yeah. that's fine. Yeah, but yeah, it it is, it is. You do end up this weird kind of like. It, I, I, I I push back very strongly because really, a lot of we've gone well we have to do, but like a lot of I suppose the conversation around parenting is kind of like, well, if you're not a parent, you can't understand these problems. And yeah. this idea that if you're not a parent, well, you shouldn't think about parents. And I think most of that's bullshit. Yeah, I agree with that. I, th- I, uh, yeah, I, I think you've got enough
0: sense of empathising with, with yeah. what goes on to sort of understand, even if it's kind of like, yeah, I completely get what's what's going on here and I'm mm. really glad I'm not a part of it at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's just this, and it's so many people are like, when, you know, if, 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 unless you've had kids, you don't really understand. It's like, you know what? Like, I've never been a refugee, but at the same time, yeah. I can understand the plight of that. And <laughs> offer some empathy, you know. <laughs> I've never there. used a food bank, but at the same time, I'm still trying to help a food bank because I understand. I, you know, like I'm a human being. You can project how it's like. It's just so much of it is about uh, that somehow you're more worthy to parents. I think there are certain things like you. I say about this. this I have this view. I look at Matilda, and like that's particular to my kit. I think about what sure. her life's going to be like yeah. rather than well, what it's like to raise kids. And I think, you know, it's it's just so much of it is like, well, you've been through You just can't understand. I will say this. I thought I'd experienced being tired. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is one area where I'll say, unless like unless you've had like a little baby, like the especially that first month when they are feeding every hour and a half – the f- mental fugue state that you enter <laughs> when you are dealing with that kind of I haven't slept for more than an hour and a half in six in six weeks uh, that was a special place that I'd never been to before. <laughs> I'll say that.
0: Good lord, <laughs> and, and, and you've been through all sorts of weird shift patterns when you're doing the your colorist
1: stuff. Well, this is the thing. I like. I, I I was so. I think I was so arrogant about that. I mean, you know what? I've done long shifts. You know, we were, make, we were making zero like at thirty. That was eighteen hour days for health. I've I, I've I've done I've done that but it, it's just this different thing it's like you probably got plenty of hours of sleep but never in a chunk it was like an hour up for an hour mm. and and yeah. you just end up with this like and as the dad you don't get much holiday I've got to go to work mm? and the amount of times I sort of arrived at work and thought I have no memory of that drive <laughs> I, I I not even like I, I don't remember getting in the car I, I um, that's something. wow, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things. I think I do want to put that on the on the record a little bit. Is that Rob and I, very old friends, lots of daddies, mm. I have kids, but I don't think that in any way changes anything. If that makes sense, that makes perfect perfect sense. Yeah. Shall we roll another dice? Let's. Okay. I have a dice going here, and we have number. Eighteen, Number 18. <laughs> the hill I will die on. Well, that seems apt, doesn't it, though? Yes, here we are. We're coming out for Christmas, aren't we? We are. We are. It is now currently, it's the 20th, and uh, yep. five days ago, Christmas films. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to go here. It's, it's, I, I think anyone who knows me knows I've mm. got to talk about this, because it is... Yep. The hill I have died on for the last <laughs> 10 years. Um, we Which briefly the, discussed this
0: this morning,
1: didn't briefly we? did. And, and I have achieved a level of zen with it that uh, I'm trying to get with this year. Um, but this is my insistence and my belief that Die Hard is not a Christmas film. There we go. That is the hill on which I will die. I will back this up with slightly more games. I will add the caveat here is if you want to watch this at Christmas and make it part of your Christmas traditions, go for it. I'm not saying you can't do it. Also, I think it's a brilliant film. I think it's an amazing action movie. And I really, really like it. But... I don't think it is a Christmas movie. I will lay that out a little bit, guys. And I'm sure if anyone listens to this, I will certainly get the hate back because I haven't had the hate back for many years. Yeah. A Christmas movie, I think, is in its own right a genre of movies. And within that genre, you will have Christmas action movies. and we have Christmas um, cyber films. And there are films that are variations on that theme. But yeah, to be a Christmas movie, it has to express some of the genre's conventions of a Christmas film. That isn't to say films can't be set at Christmas. There are many films that are set at Christmas. Yeah. If we're talking about the films of
0: Shane Black, Shane Black was was part of the creative team behind Die Hard. Most of his movies are set at Christmas. Exactly. Even things like Iron Man 3. Exactly. Set at
1: Christmas. So he's always had that fascination for that time of year. And I think for as a filmmaking, filmmaking technique, it's a brilliant time. There's light, twinkly lights, it has snow. It's a very visually fulfilling kind of place to set a movie. Yeah. But a Christmas movie tends to be about somebody learning the power of Christmas. I mean, the the, the archetype here is Scrooge, the Christmas story. That is the yep. one that you're seeing echoes of down the years. Even something like as famous as It's a Wonderful Life is essentially the same thing of a unhappy person mm-hmm. being shown the error of their ways and coming out the other side better. Tends to be focused on fa- family. Tends to be family yep. Um But not historically, yep. um, always. But tends yep. to be that. And that kind of idea of, you know, becoming through the power of Christmas and the tense Christmas a better person. Home Alone. He is a grumpy, angry yeah. kid who goes through this experience and comes out to the other side family-oriented. This is a hardcore Christmas film. Um, you know, even something like White Christmas, which is about these two confirmed bachelors going through the experience and coming out of the other side more whole and, you know, in love. And this, to me, is what makes a Christmas film. It is about that experience. In the same way, Christmas songs tend to be their own genre. Even if they are, you know, by bands who aren't Christmas, like, you know, The Darkness to a Christmas song. But it is its own yeah. kind of thing. If Plenty of Christmas it is a Christmas, you know, if you were to start playing a Chris Rear Driving in My Car in July, people are like, well, yeah. what the hell are you doing? I put on Die yeah. Hard in July. Fine, no problem. Which is interestingly enough when it was initially released. Exactly. So that is my view on this. Yeah. Other people, fair enough, disagree with me and they are of the view that it's set at Christmas and, but it's a Christmas film. And if you want to do that, yeah. fine. That opens a world of movies, you know. Princess Bride. Princess Bride is set at Christmas. So it is. But I would, I've never, I've never described that as a Christmas movie. Exactly. The, 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 the framing story there of him being told that when he's ill you look at that there's Christmas decorations there's lights there's snow it's a Christmas movie we go instead yeah. at Christmas yeah. and you say all of Shane Black's films are set at Christmas yeah absolutely there are many films that are set at Christmas that we don't class as Christmas films they're brilliant films they're really good films but they aren't Christmas films mm. so that is the hill on which I will die it's a hill that I am increasingly losing I, and I I'm you know, at this point, it's a tongue-in-cheek thing among my friends more than anything. I'm really gonna fight for. It's a constant discussion, especially at this time of year, and it's one that I am
0: becoming increasingly tired of. I'm, I'm personally with Rob on this one, and I have had many and heated arguments with many of my friends who will argue until they are blue in the face. The absolute
1: opposite, but no, sorry, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, so they're no. Uh, I will go a little bit soapbox here because it's like I will accept that you know making a movie is it's a grey area that I stand on one side of. But people are like you know what it's my favourite movie, and I'm like you're wrong hmm. because as good as Die Harded and Die Hard is good, it isn't the best. If you, you clock them. It isn't the best one. It's not as good as Home Alone. It's not as good as It's Wonderful. It's a Wonderful Life is as close to cinematic perfection as films get. I uh, It's like it's like it's not better than these movies. And the only reason you're making it your favourite Christmas film is because you want to. It's because you're scared. You know what? Muppet Christmas Carol is amazing. It's yes. a brilliant film. Yes, 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 yes. It's like. It, like even if you want to make a film, fair enough. That's your call. You can do what you like, really. Hmm. But at the same time, it's you, you, uh, it's not the best one. It's just not. Um, <laughs> obviously, all opinions are people's own. And if you want to do it, that's fine. But it just it, it just feels like that kind of, it's a tongue-in-cheek thing. Of, uh, uh, you know, eh, eh, like, right. And increasingly, as I get older, I have less time for people who insincerely claim things for humour. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like stuff. Just be honest and like stuff. Yeah. You know, I really like the hallmark Christmas films they make. They are formulaic about, you know, a people falling in love, but I like them. Mm. And I'm not going to pretend that I don't. Mm-hmm. And I just, I get tired of people who, I suppose, run away from genuine kind of emotion and genuine reactions to stuff. Yeah. Because... Life's short, man, you know? Yeah, yeah. What's your hill, Rob? What's my hill? Well,
0: to be honest with you, the hill I was going to die on is exactly the same one as as yours. So I'm having to scramble in my head a little bit now. (laughs) Um, But as it is the season, the hill that I am going to die on is this. Christmas dinner would be much improved without the turkey. Are you replacing it or are you just having a vegetable feast? Do you know what? I think a vegetable feast is the way to go. I don't think you need... Controversial. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, there we go. There's no point in doing it if it's not controversial. No, no, I, do- I don't think you need that big centrepiece. I yeah. think the trimmings kind of make it. And, and to be honest with you, you talk about it being a vegetable feast. No, not necessarily. <laughs> I am something of a sausage fiend. Well, of course, yes. Yes, What do you mean? Of course. Yes. Okay.
1: (laughs) I've seen the videos, Rob.
0: (laughs) Damn it. I know I shouldn't have got hacked that time.
1: And the internet once it's there, it's there.
0: It it is there. So pigs in blankets. See that, that is, that is a brilliant porky feast all in one. You've got your sausage and then you wrap it in bacon. Lo and Mm -hmm. behold, it is the perfect mouthful. (laughs) But you think about everything you've got for a Christmas dinner and you've got your raised potatoes, you've got your beautiful glazed vegetables, you've got your pigs in blankets. You've, you've got this wonderful smorgasbord of flavors and textures. And then you've got this big lump of protein or if you, if, if you're not eating meat, um, some other thing that is supposedly the centerpiece. But when you think about it, basically what you've got on the plate at the end of the day is all your beautiful vegetables and your bits and bobs and then one maybe two bits of what supposedly the centerpiece of the meal and to, to my mind it almost gets yeah it, it can be shoved off to one side you don't necessarily need it gravy on the other hand I think you know any Christmas any, any kind of big meal like that without the sauce the gravy mm. it, it is one that doesn't work so it would almost be like yeah you know, if you had a christmas dinner that had the meat on it but there was no gravy that would be an absolute tragedy
1: yeah so quick side by a question for you Go. gravy yeah how thick are we going oh very thick very thick not quite not quite sliceable but not far off if you put a spoon in it it stands up that's the stuff yeah oh, that's the, I'm the mad stuff off my house see i'm actually going to join you here a little bit good um, now i I do want some turkey, some meat, and protein with my meal. Yeah, but I am a strong advocate of the turkey crown. Okay, because I think, especially with a whole turkey, it's showing off. It, as you say, there's so much to it. There's mm. so much going on. It's a centerpiece. I'd rather get to a crown and it's nice sliced turkey and more sides. Yeah. Because I'm, we're not having Christmas. We're, we're not hosting this year. Um, right. We have, we have it for a lot of years. But we're not hosting this year, which is lovely. Yeah. But I am always, I'm always thinking about the site. Turkey, you know what? I'll baste it. I'll cook it. It'll be fine. And I know people like, I'm thinking about honeyed carrots. I'm mm. thinking about this year. I've got some, um, I think they're called filled Yorkshires. Oh. So a Yorkshire pudding with stuffing and a, um, a, um, pick a blanket in it. See, God, that the- sounds
0: magnificent. Exactly. Right at the top. I could quite uh, happily fill the space on my plate that would be,
1: would have turkey or whatever in it. Yeah. With two or three of those. Exactly. And I think, I'd also think, if we're going to, I think the dominance of turkey is a bad thing. I was watching a video, um I, I'm a big foodie, as Rob is mm-hmm. as well, and yeah. there's a YouTube channel called Sorted Food that I'm a big, big fan of. Yeah. And they did a recent video talking about pretentious food ingredients, as they often do. And if it's, it's a pretentious or good or whatever. And they did pheasant, cooked pheasant for Christmas dinner. And they're like, this is brilliant. This is really, really nice. And I think, yeah, like, I'd love to serve pheasant, but you can't. You've got to serve turkey. Hmm. And I think if you, as you, if you were to follow the wicking's way and decentralize that protein, you could be so much more adventurous. Absolutely. That's, that's what's
0: missing really, isn't it? The, the whole sense of adventure in a Christmas dinner. The fact that, you know, people were sort of, Sometimes cook a goose instead. Yeah. Despite the fact that was always the traditional choice of Christmas meat. Mm. It was always goose up until, I, I think, sometime in the mid 20th century that it suddenly changed over into turkey.
1: My family have never been fans of Brussels sprouts. People aren't. Right. It's, it's a common thing. Yeah, great. This is not the talk Talking of hills I can die on. The hill I all die on is people don't like Brussels sprouts because they're cooking them wrong. Right. People boil them to death and go, there you go. Just, that, that's it. And that's like, that's so, it's so deserving. This amazing vegetable. So last year for family, like okay, I'm going to do brussel and you like them. So slice them in half, chuck them like cut side down in a in a, a dry pan, bit of pancetta, and just fry and grill them away for a little bit. All the leaves open up, and they're lovely. And I ask people converted to them. Some people didn't like them. That's fine, because I can experiment with one side dish. If they didn't like it, that's okay. Oh. There's a bunch more going on. You know, yeah, they like the parsnips. They like the carrots, whatever. And I think, as you say, because you've got this huge centerpiece of this turkey, you can't change, you can't mess with it because yeah, it's a centerpiece. Whereas if we were to follow your in and not have a centerpiece, and you know, if you wanted to do, you know some sort of butter turkey on the side, you can. It's a small mm-hmm. thing. People like it, they have it. If they don't, brilliant. But if they don't like it. There's so much more going on for to enjoy. I mean, I was
0: I I was a vegetarian for what, probably 10, 12 years, I suppose. And we did the whole Mm. nut roast. We did, like, fish for Christmas dinner once. I'm I'm not convinced fish with...
1: That's a weird one.
0: The Christmas accoutrements actually works because everything else is so heavy anyway. Mm. But, you know, Christmas dinner, for me, at that point, stopped becoming the sort of satisfying thing it always had been because that sort of centrepiece that's that centerpiece protein couldn't be part of the mix which meant you had to start thinking more Mm. about things like your spuds and your carrots and i mean i I, yeah i am not a fan of brussels sprouts at all and i have had them every which way yeah of course yeah boiled to everything you know sort of cooked up with bacon and um, Mm. chestnuts and all sorts Uh, uh there's just something about it that just never never really works for me i mean Fair enough. I'd, I'd you know, I'd love to sort of put my hands up and say, "Yeah, sprouts got to have them, keep them off the plate." As far as I'm concerned, I've, I've never had a position where I've, I've sat and finished the meal and gone, "You know what? Those sprouts really made that plate."
1: I, I think that's fine. I think, I think I, I would happily hand my heart and say that, knowing you and knowing your food interests, and having eat, haven't eaten the food that you cooked me in the past. If you turn around and said, "Rob, I don't like this," I'd be like, "You know what?" I'll bet Rob's tried it every way. I bet <laughs> Rob because like, think like, you and me. I think for me, I, I want to like things. Yes, absolutely. Like I, I like food. I want to like it. So if for like like for me, it's mushrooms. I do not like mm. mushrooms. I have had mushrooms in every way that I can try and have them, and I just don't like yeah. them. And so if a confident, you know what? They're not for me. That's yeah. fine. And so, yeah, I, I even though I am saying people haven't eaten, I, I would say in your case, I believe you tried them. And people haven't got to have everything. But that's the, that, that's the point I think I'd, I'd back you up with. If I did roast dinner and I made um, Sprout in an interesting way, if you don't like them, fine. There's other things going mm-hmm. on. There's, sausage, uh, you know, pink blankets. I'm going to – I always ask you questions. So we're doing our Christmas shop gallery. Mm-hmm. And i have lucky to the day and – We've bought some pigs in blankets, yep. um, and we've bought some to make our own as well. We like to make yep. our own, um, and there was some shop selling pigs in blankets that was chorizo wrapped in pancetta. Okay, that's not a pig in a blanket. Well, oh, oh, brilliant, brilliant. Because this is this is my point. I'm like, I don't know whether I'm just a bit of a an old as you say an old, an old sort of traditionalist, but to me, it's sausage and bacon. Yeah, and if you want to produce, you know, pancetta wrapped chorizo, fine. That's whatever you want. That's the world's an interesting mm. and weird place, but if you if I went to your house dinner and you didn't give, you gave me pieces and blankets and they were those I'm like no where are the real ones yeah the problem with both those is I think what you've basically
0: got is two incredibly rich flavors mm. kind of fighting against each other pancetta great chorizo I love to with an absolute yep. passion the
1: two of them together is like that's just too much that's just bonkers talk. Artisanal food word salad. People like this. This is a, this is a fancy sausage, and this is fancy bacon. Bang! Put me in the salad. Yeah. them. Yeah. Like, well, that's, that's not. What's the balance there? What's the thought through? It's just like have this. This has been a very complaining podcast. I think it's been a bit like just like <laughs> young kids with their tattoos think, and their yeah. pancetta. <laughs> yeah. What the Obviously, hell do they know? Humbug. Uh, ba- humbug. Humbug. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, oh, no, I'm. I, I'd have never thought about it this way but you, yeah I'm, I'm with you on this I, I,
0: I think the general thought that I want to sort of leave on this particular hill before I die on it is just that Christmas dinner has become just this kind of real sort of locked in place kind of thing despite all the supermarkets trying to do different spins on, on it and doing things like your chorizo and pancetta picks in blankets, it's it's inevitably going to be something where a plate will have a white meat on it and it will have roast potatoes. And it will have Brussels and carrots and things like that. And it's going to be a large amount of vegetable with a, with, with a lump of protein on it and some batter. And that's what it always will be. And I think... Yeah, we can, we can do better than that and we should do better than that and god damn it that's yeah, you know, that's that you know i'm, I'm, I'm certainly going to make the i'm, I'm yeah I, I was about to say god damn it, i'm going to make the 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 effort to do that but of course i'm running at my mum and dad's for christmas day dinner so you know what it's going to be your standard christmas dinner and it's going to be delicious yes because my mum's cooking it but you know me, me sort of bloviating about, ah, oh, we've got to move away from tradition is, is kind of shrugging the fact away that this Christmas day, I will be sitting down to a very straightforward, traditional
1: Christmas dinner. Well, this is going to lead mostly into maybe not a hill, but a, a small hillock, uh, adjacent to your hill that I will, um, I think Boxing Day is better than Christmas Day. <gasps>
0: Do
1: you know what? Uh, controversial, but yeah, you know what? I think
0: you could be right.
1: I know, I know part of it is the old punk attachment in me a little bit, mm. but Christmas Day can be so organised, fun, so structured, and Boxing Day. Yeah. generally you can do what you like. A most of the food is cooked for you already because you have left leftovers. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, A yeah. leftovers brilliant. You get to do you know leftover hash for breakfast. You get to do you know turkey and stuffing sandwiches at lunchtime. You can do all these kind of interesting twists on the food from the day before. It's yeah, see. So
0: that's what I most look forward to. Yeah, f- o- o- over Christmas, it's not the big, the big pile up on Christmas Day. It's the sandwiches yeah. afterwards. It's your turkey and stuffing with a little bit of salt on top, and it is like your yeah yeah you you know you piled up hash. That's probably the one point where I would say actually yeah you could kind of mm-hmm. put some Brussels in that hash because that would probably um, work
1: as a green. Yeah, exactly. And I think like it's so like over Christmas Day you get given away gifts. And in the nature of the world, sometimes gifts will be really exciting. Sometimes they're going to be, as I've you know, I, I've really got new headphones. They're going to be new, interesting technology, or whatever, whatever you want. Sometimes it's going to be socks and shampoo, and that's Christmas. That's brilliant. But you kind of you go, oh, oh, socks, lovely. Whereas the next day, can you actually know what socks in the drawer, shampoo in the bathroom, all the things that are like stocking me up are in place, brilliant, good to go. And now I get to just read the books I've got. Watch the movies I've been given. Thank you, and, and you yes, get to, absolutely. It's not anything wrong with those gifts. The gifts are brilliant, but you get to on the on the Christmas day. You've got to be like, oh, thank you. This is lovely, and because it's, it's polite, it's how society functions. You have to give as much thanks to the socks as you do to the movies or the books. Because it's for the boy of you. you, but the next day you're yeah. freer. Just go. I'm going to read the book. It was it was a running joke in my childhood that or running thing that I, every year for Christmas. I would get a Terry Pratchett hardcover because mm-hmm. uh, he was coming. He'd bring them out yearly or twice yearly. He'd bring that book, and I'd get the Christmas. Yeah. And it was brilliant, and it was a running joke that come Boxing Day, I would be in the corner of the lounge in the over and I would read the book. I would just be there all day, and I'd read the book just in one sitting. Just blast through it, blast through it, and then I'd probably read it again in the, in the new year and a bit more about it. But I just loved, I loved those books, mm. and I like that freedom that comes with Boxing Day. You know what? We're doing this. That's what we're doing. Yeah. And there's no, like, you can't, Christmas Day, as you say, like, you go to your parents, you see your family, and they're brilliant and they're lovely, but it's, it's performative. It's, it's the nature of the day means everyone jumps in the same hoops, doing the same thing. Yeah. With Boxing Day, you can be like, nah, we're going to the pub with our friends. Yeah. Or as we are doing this year, we're going to the movies. Excellent. We're going to cinema. It's a new tradition we brought in the family. Boxing Day, we go to the movies. And we go out and it can be quiet and we should go to the movie as a family. And it's what are going to do. And no one can say you can't because it's Boxing Day. They're nutritionists. Yeah. Sir. And so that—that that is my small hillock is that Boxing Day is better than I love Boxing Day. Um, Boxing Day is going to be special for me
0: this year as well. Um, it's the first year with my side of the family in about three years. We're actually having a big family gathering on Boxing oh, Day. Mate. So Christmas Day itself is going to be pretty quiet. It's just going to be me, Claire, my mum and dad and we'll just share that mm. together. And, and Boxing Day is going to be the big bonkers thing, but it won't be tied into the whole sort of everyone sits around a big table at two o'clock mm. or anything like that. It's just going to be much more unstructured, relaxed few drinks. I'm sure will be partaken of, and it's just going to be bonkers fun. I'm really, really looking forward to
1: it. That's what you want. What you yeah, want. exactly. We carve you. you carve out your little niche for boxing day. And that's why I'll, uh, always stand by it absolutely well I will be defending that hill
0: beside you sir because I think that's a Excellent. fabulous idea I think that's a good place to wrap up guys Merry Christmas to everyone out there Merry Christmas Happy um, Happy Saturnalia to you all Happy um, Solstice yes and then Merry Boxing
1: Day As uh, Merry Boxing and Day Merry yes. Boxing Day yes. it's better than that Happy Boxing Day So it needs yeah. some sort
0: of yeah, Happy Merry doesn't work right there but uh, merry boxing day sounds like it
1: has a certain ring to it. Yeah. It? Happy merry
0: Christmas. Merry boxing day. day.
1: Yeah. Lovely. Um, if you want to find us online, Rob, where can we get you? Ready? Okay. Well on
0: Twitter, you can find me as Connor I am C O N O J I T O. Um, online. I still kind of vaguely keep up the blog, um, excuses and Um, and you can also check me out. I've, I've, ah, yes. Tis the season. Plug, do, plug your things. Plug, 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 plug. Yes. Um, I, I do a very occasional radio show, internet radio, um, WROB. Um, and I've done a Christmas edition. So you can listen to that right now. Run, don't walk to WROB org, where you can check the stream out. We'll put it in the link down below, I uh, we'll do. Yes. Um, there's some good stuff on there. I'm quite pleased with this one. Uh, it's even got some radio phone in,
1: in it. It's so very actually... good, folks. I was going to say.
0: Ah, oh, thank you very much. Right. I, but I, you know, I, I try and put some love into into It's a bit of a passion project yeah. that doesn't get the love it should do. So maybe if I'm going to do a New Year's resolution for 2020, it will be to do more WROB because I do
1: dig it. It's good fun. Excellent. Yeah, <sighs> we well, can find me at Kajoo FM. Uh, I am. It's the the account for the channel. But uh, also it's the count for me, talking about, making about podcasts and movies and things like that. If we're going to plug things, I'm going to plug, I've recently resurrected an old podcast of mine called Law Masters, which historically was a, uh, it was a role-playing item of the week show. But this season mm-hmm. I am doing a role-playing campaign from start to end, level 1 to level 10, taking your characters through a whole world if you want to do it. It's niche, obviously, um, but if you're listening to me and Rob ramble about tattoos and die hard there's obviously a chance you're already in some sort of niche uh, you can find that on M or wherever you get podcasts just law masters and we'll see you all in the new year's plan indeed yeah have a
0: wonderful christmas fantastic new year very merry boxing day and happy 2020 how much do you like beer do you drink it do you ponder it we like great beer so much that we brew it Maybe you do too, or are curious about the process and ingredients involved. Or maybe you just want to hear people talk about it. Come and join us, Buy the Mash Tun, a fortnightly beer and brewing podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about beer. You can find us
1: on kaiju.fm or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search for Buy the Mash Tun, crack open a brew.